Welcome to another message from the teaching team at Elevation Church Australia. For more information about our church, service times and locations, visit elevationchurch.com.au. If you're here for the first time, welcome. Welcome. And uh, as Miles said, I'd like to also just repeat and thanks uh, to all the volunteers for this year. Uh, been an amazing year. They've uh, done so much through the kids' ministry, uh, through, through our operational ministries, our, our creative team behind us. So much has been done. Um, so this is our last in-person seven in 2020. Why are you all so quiet? <laughs> Come on. All right, we're going to get there. We're going to get there. Come on. So our last in-person service for 2022. And we thank God. We look back and we thank God for our jobs. We thank God for our homes. We thank God for our kids, our families, our grandchildren, our grandparents. We thank God for, for our kids graduating year 6, year 10, year 12, all the formals, all the Christmas parties. This is a good, this is a good thing. And for some, sometimes we look back and it could be a time of sorrow, could be a time of grief, could be a time of trauma. But let me assure you, that the joy of the Lord is still with you, my friends. The joy of the Lord joins your sorrow. The joy of the Lord joins your pain. And you are found this morning in the house of the Lord. Amen? You're still found in the house of the Lord. So stack the sleigh. Who gave some gifts towards stack the sleigh? Okay, so all the, the sleigh went out around, around the suburbs and the gifts have been distributed. Uh, we are two elves, uh, George Varela and Derek Gerber. They moonlight as elves and during Christmas. Anyway, I got an email on Friday, right? Now, the, gift ha- the gifts have not gone to the kids yet, um, but the parents uh, gave some feedback. And, the- and when the caseworkers took the gifts to the parents, the parents were in tears, absolute tears. And this was an email. So I rang up the caseworker. I said, what, so, so what happened? And they said that the reason they were in tears is because this is the first time their child has ever received a gift from outside the nucleus family. And they just could not believe that somebody cared that much to give them a gift. And what you did as a church, you went, you brought a gift, gave it to George and Derek, of course, and then it went to the caseworker and the caseworker gave it to the parent. And at that point, you literally traded sorrow for joy. Amen. You brought the joy of the Lord into that family, into that child's heart. In a couple of days... That, that child's going to have so much joy, and, and it's thanks to you. So I just want to thank you. Uh, we'll have a video next year and more stories about how Stack the Slay went. Well, this morning, we are going to look at Thanksgiving. Yeah, who's excited about Thanksgiving? Yeah, come on, you've got to wake up. <laughs> we'll look at four people in the Bible this morning. Okay, we're going to look at Moses. We're going to look at King David and Paul and Silas. And we will observe how they gave thanks, Okay. So we could even call this sermon this morning, Thanksgiving in the known and unknown. All right. So we're going to kick off with Moses this morning. And Moses shows us Thanksgiving in the known. So who was Moses? You might be new and wondering who Moses is. So he was a prince of Egypt. He was a leader. Uh, God called uh, him to lead his people, uh, the Israelites, out of Egypt. They were in slavery and he took God's people out of Egypt into the promised land called Canaan. And Moses literally uh, was known for speaking uh, to God face to face. He had a very direct contact. And then he would tell the Israelites in that journey uh, out of Egypt what to do and, 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 and lead his people out of there. So a lot of this is found in Exodus and also in the book of Deuteronomy. So as Moses leads his people out of Egypt, right? And I cut this short, 
short, but what happens is that they go through 40 years in what they call the wilderness, right? So 40 years of enduring a bit of pain and, and, and uh, you know, hardship and all of this. And, um, but what it says is that God still looked after them with food from heaven. He even allowed their clothes not to wear out and their sandals not to wear out. Imagine that for 40 years. Imagine year one of that journey, year one. Facebook, selfie, you know, oh, we're about to go on a holiday for 40 years. <laughs> year 40, you know when the Facebook memories come up? Girl, you're still looking good. You still fit in size eight dress. Your shoes are looking good, they haven't changed. You know, like, because Instagram and Snapchat wasn't back in, it was only Facebook back then, right? So, so just to give you an example, like God really looked after them. He really, really looked after them. And let's go to Scripture. Deuteronomy 8, verses 7 and 9. So Moses is telling the people in the journey, do not forget the Lord. Don't forget God. Don't forget God. And, and, he, and he tells them here, is, is it up? Oh, there we go. You, you can have a look at that. I'm just going to dive into it. And he tells them about this promised land. He tells them what's in it. He tells them things like, you know, there's, there's deep springs gushing with valleys and hills, a land with uh, wheat and barley food, vines and fig trees, pomegranates, olive oil and honey. It's also known as a land of milk and honey. Um, uh, bread will not be scarce. You'll lack nothing. You know, uh, rocks are iron. You can dig copper out of the hills. Low electricity prices. Yeah. 98-inch smart TV where you can watch the Parramatta Eels win the 2023 grand final. Who wants to go to that land? Yeah. Come on. Yeah. You know, so he's telling them all these good things, but they're still complaining. They're still hungry. And then Moses in Deuteronomy 8, verses 10 to 18, he reminds them that when you are in the land, and it's a long, it's a long scripture, it's up there, but we'll just paraphrase it. He reminds them that now that you are here, do not forget what you've been through. All the, all the hardship, the, 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 the venomous snakes you had to encounter and all this stuff. He said, don't forget God. Thank God. He says, when you have eaten and are satisfied, praise the Lord God, your God, for the good land He has given you. And, and he goes into detail. Don't forget, you know, that we're in slavery. Don't forget that we're in the wilderness. And, and on and on he goes. He's, he's telling his people to give thanks, to give thanks, to, to be humble and give thanks. And remember that God has given you the ability to create the wealth. So 40 years in the wilderness, and, and here are the people of Israel, the Israelites, complaining. It's a bit like a little child, right? Doesn't want to eat the vegetables. He's got kids and they don't want to eat certain things. Or even some adults don't want to eat certain things, you know. You know, and the kids, oh, I don't want to eat vegetable. I don't know. And sometimes as parents, we, you know, we want to get them to the next step. What do you want? Oh, you want some ice cream? Yeah, yeah. No, I don't like vanilla. I want cooking and cream. And then, oh, you do you do I want, I want to play. And we take them to a time zone. Yeah, I want bubble tea. It's just, it goes on and on. You know, and it was a bit like that for the Israelites in the wilderness, right? You know, just kept complaining, kept complaining. Even when they got there, they had to get reminded, you know. Who's got kids? When you're at the uh, 
uh, table and you're having dinner and, and you've got to give thanks. Does, you, does your grace go like this? Thank you, Lord, for the food. Bless it to my body. Amen. <laughs> Who does one of those? Unless someone important comes in and says, thank you, Father. <laughs> and it gets a bit longer, right? You know what I do as a, as a father? Sometimes I play practical jokes on the kids. So me and Jocelyn will set the table, right? And then what happens? Everyone sits down and I'll just pause and just wait. Canaan takes a first bite, one chicken wing, bread roll in the hand. My daughter starts eating and I'll keep waiting. Ten seconds later, then I'll say, thank you, Father, for this food. Bless it to you. Get them all the time. Even at this age, I still get them. It's great. It's good fun. But you know what? You know, we give thanks for simple things that we know. It's a known, right? Food's known. It's tangible. We eat it. We feel it. You know, these drums. Look at these drums. I mean, 20 years ago, who's ever been to a church in a council building? Yeah, a few people here kind of get what I'm talking about. 20, more than 20 years ago, part of my job in this council building was to set up these drums every Sunday morning. Knew nothing about drums. There's about 50 pieces in there. It's like a Lego kit. Set it up and then pull it down. That was part of my job. You know? And I used to say, God, one day we're going to get a building that I don't have to touch the drums. And time to time, I sit there where you're sitting and I look at these drums and I think... Thank you, Lord, for those drums. Thank you for the people that have invested in this before I even came here. Thank you. Thank you for the simple thing, for the known. You know, we take it for granted, yeah? We take it for granted. One of my other jobs was to, once I set up the drums, I had to drive around the suburb and pick up all the grandmas, right? Yep, I picked up all the grandmas. So I go pick them all up, about probably four of them, you know, they all, they all get in the car, pull up to the car park. And, and here's the thing about the grandmas. They are so full of faith. They're so full of faith. I, I feel so uh, small under, underneath them or around them, you know. And they all get out the car, you know. One gets out and two gets out, three. And sometimes I look back and I thought I had four grandmas, like 15 of them coming out the car, right. <laughs> and, and they're walking. They're, they're going to church and they're already on fire for God, you know. They're, they're, they're singing songs, you know. Who, who remember this song? I, I, I don't know how old you are or, or how much songs you know. They used to sing this song and he used to go... Um, Oh, you might know that. You can clap along if you want. You ready? Yeah. Okay, so here we go. I will enter his gates with thanksgiving in my heart. I will enter his courts with praise. I will say this is the day that the Lord has made. I will rejoice for he has made me glad. He has made me glad. He has made me glad. I will rejoice for he has made me glad. He has made me glad. And they get a high note. I can't even do it. You know? And they're all doing the conga line. All, they're doing the conga line. You know? And there's one grandma at the back with a tambourine. You know? And now tambourine moves a, a good. High to the high, high, low to the low, low, high to the... You know? It's, and I'm like, you know? But here's the thing. They cut, before they even enter the door of the church, they're already giving thanks. They're already giving thanks. And you know what they do? They come down. Old council seats from the function night before. There's some liquids on there. So what the grandmas do, they, they, they get the service, they come to each seat and they wipe it down. They wipe it down. And this is what they did. For each seat, they gave thanks for each seat. For a soul, a salvation to take place. This was their faith. Do you know what happened? After some time, that congregation of about 20, 30 left that council building. They left. They brought... A new building. They tripled. They tripled. All those seats were filled. The church outgrew that council building. And they moved to a second building after that. You know? See, 
Thanksgiving is so powerful, friends. It's so, so powerful, you know. Psalms 100, enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name for the Lord is good and his love endures forever. His faithfulness continues through all generations. Isn't that what those grandmas did? The generations prospered through their faithfulness in thanksgiving. So that's Moses, right? That's Moses. Things that we know, things that we see, like the drums and food and stuff and material things. But we're going to step it up now. Let's look at David, King David. So who was David? David was a young shepherd boy. He was famous for slaying uh, Goliath the giant. Uh, He was the second king of Israel. Uh, And what's unique about David, he actually, uh, uh, it says in history, he united all the tribes of Israel under one monarch, okay? And David was after God's own heart, meaning David cared for the things that God cared for, okay? So let's look at Psalms 23 and let's try and observe what David is saying about thanksgiving. So Psalms 23, let's have a quick look. Okay, there it is. The Lord is my shepherd, I lack nothing. And most of us have heard this, 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 this scripture before. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. He guides me along the right path for his name's sake. Verse 4. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil. For you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Look at 5. You prepare a table before me. In the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely your goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the, in the house of the Lord forever. Amen. See, yeah, amen. So here's, here's David. He's in a place of doom and gloom. He's in this dark valley. But yet his trust is in the Lord, right? His trust is in the Lord. And verse 5, we're going to look at a bit closer at verse 5. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies, right? So it portrays a close relationship that David has with God, where God, uh, where, where David is an honoured guest at the table and God is the host, right? God is hosting that table. And he attends to David's every need, showering him with personal care, abundant goodness, protection from his enemies and, and, and internal blessings. Because at that time, David had a lot of enemies at that time. But here's David seated at the table as a VIP guest. Has anyone ever been a VIP guest anywhere? I'm going to have to give you, I'm going to get George to give you some VIP Parramatta tickets, then you'll feel, yeah, like a <laughs> VIP guest. Anyway. He's a VIP guest, right? And he's looked after. And as she says, in the ancient time, back in the ancient East, that if a host invited a guest, the host would protect that guest and make sure that that guest got the best, all right? So this is, this is the context that we're looking at verse 5 with. So, so how do we give thanks when we're seated at the table with our enemies, We're seated at the table with our enemies. We give thanks simply by trusting the host, friends. Simply by trusting the host. You know, when when Jocelyn cooks at home, okay, you ready for this? When, When Jocelyn cooks at home, the moment she enters the kitchen and she starts to cook, 
It's like this uh, firewall goes up around the kitchen, right? Like no one can get in the kitchen, you know? And, it's, and, if, and you can't see the firewall. You're kind of like walking out. You're quick. <laughs> you go to the other entrance. You know? Because it's, it's a dangerous place. You don't know what's going on in there. You can only see from afar. And sometimes I can see the ingredients. Oh, there's the garlic. There's, there's chili. There's, there's the, the, the raw meat that's about to be prepped up. There's spices. You know? And it's not like I walk over and I eat the garlic and go, Oh, that food's going to be bad because garlic's quite crude, right? I don't, I don't taste the spices because they're all bitter. You know, I don't go and eat the raw meat and say, oh, that's, that, that whatever you're cooking is not going to turn out because this meat isn't good, you know. I have to trust what she's cooking because she knows what to use and how to use it. Whatever might, I might think is not good for me, but she mixes it up. She stirs it up. And sometimes from time to time, if I'm a good boy... And I can just sit on the couch next to the kitchen watching the TV, uh, watching reruns of Home and Away just for her sake, <laughs> right? And, and not say a word. Sometimes, sometimes she might say, would you like a taste of how it's going? I go, yes, please. Forcefield comes down, I run in, you know, get a taste, try and get a cup of tea on there to run back out again, you know? But see, what I'm saying is while we're seated at the table, in front of our enemies, and our enemies are throwing things at us, untruths, lies, negativity. God is taking this as a host. It's an ingredient for your greater purpose. He's taking that because he says all things, he uses all things for the good of those that love him according to his purpose. Whatever it is that the enemy is throwing, God's going to stir it up and mix it up for the good for the good of those that love him according to his purpose. And from time to time, God might say at the dining table, while you're seated in front of the enemy, come and taste. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Amen? Yeah, come on. So you can see that when you're sitting at at the table in front of your enemies, eating and giving thanks to your Lord God, your host, you can remind yourself, you can remind yourself, It's not actually the food because the Bible says that man shall not live on bread but by every word from the mouth of God. Yeah. Give thanks for his word, friends. Be thankful for his word. You know, we can remind ourselves, you know. We can remind ourselves in Philippians 4.13. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. We can remind ourselves while we're sitting at the table. Isaiah 54.17. No weapon uh, that is formed against me shall prosper. Amen. Come on. We can remind yourself in Psalms 18 too, the Lord is my rock, my fortress, my deliverer. We can remind ourselves in Deuteronomy 28, 13, I am the head and not the tail. We can remind ourselves in, in Psalm 27, some trust in horses and chariots, but we will remember the name of the Lord. And there's someone here today or online that, that right now, horses and chariots, you're coming up against something in your life. There's a challenge you've got against some sort of institution and you're scared because they've got the, they've got the horses, they've got the chariots, they've got the legal team, they've, they've got their processes, they've got the bureaucracy and there's just you. There's just you and, you, and, it's, and it's overwhelming for you. But remember this first. Psalms um, uh, 27, just remember his name. Just call out his name, you know. Because behind the institution are humans. They may not have the Holy Spirit, but you do. But you do. Romans 8.37, we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. And we can remind ourselves in Psalm 27, 
Though an army besieges me, my heart will not fear. Though war breaks out against me, even then I will be confident. When we give thanks, we are confident. Be confident. Encourage yourself. Sing thanksgiving like those grandmas did, you know. Do whatever you have to do. Keep moving. Keep moving forward. Don't stop now. I was watching a Kathy, uh, Kathy Freeman documentary a couple of weeks ago. And she said when she's in a zone, when she's running, she just keeps on running. She just, it's just a rhythm, you know. And sometimes when we're running, we don't stop. The Bible says, Bible says run the good race. Run the good race. You've come this far. Why stop now? You've been through so much this year. Why stop now? So when we have eaten at the table in front of our enemies, friends, we give thanks to God. You know, we give thanks to God for the unknown. The enemy will throw you unknowns all the time. But when that's happening, it's time to, time to eat. Time to eat of the Word of God. Time to eat of the Word of God. We're going to step it up now to Paul and Silas. Let's look at Paul and Silas, right? So Paul and Silas were early believers. Now, this context I'm going to share, share with you here is when they're in jail. So before they get to jail, right, the reason they were in jail, they cast out a demon from a slave girl. So the owners of the slave girl got very angry at Paul and Silas because they were using the slave girl to do fortune-telling where they would make money. So they lost their income, right? So they complained to the authorities and Paul and Silas get locked up. They get locked up because they went against Roman uh, uh, customs, right? So if we look at, we'll look at Acts 16, 25 to 34. I'm not going to read it word for word, but I'll tell you the story. So at midnight, Paul and Silas are in jail, right? They're locked up, prison doors are closed, there's a jailer there. And what they start doing in the middle of the night is start giving thanks to God. They start singing. They start worshipping, start praising God, right? All of a sudden, there's an earthquake that comes. An earthquake comes, it shakes, shakes the place, the prison doors open, shackles are unbound, right? And, and not just theirs, all the prison doors are open and all the shackles of all the prisoners are, are unshackled. And at that point, they had an opportunity to run away, right? They had to escape. But they stopped because the jailer was about to kill himself. And you wonder, why, why would a jailer want to kill himself? It's because if he didn't, he'd probably be dead anyway because he was personally responsible for keeping them in captivity. So he's going to kill himself. So Paul and Silas talk to him. They save him, not just him, but they lead the jailer's family to Jesus Christ, right? That same night. That same night. So a lot of things that happened there, you know. They, they could have been free. And those five grandmas that were also locked up came out. Uh, <laughs> but you know what I'm saying, right? You know, everyone was freed. And we learned from this about the power of thanksgiving. You know, as they were singing, as they were praising God, it cut through the atmosphere. The power of thanksgiving can bring breakthroughs, friends. It can open up doors in your life, you know. You may not realise it, you know, but it's not just you. There's others around you. There's something in the power of thanksgiving, you know. In the Bible, there was a time when, when, a, when a woman that had a blood issue uh, touched the garment of Jesus. And, 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 and the Bible says that the power went through and Jesus turned around and said, who touched me? Because he felt the power go through. And it's the same way we can release his power through thanksgiving. Thanksgiving in the unknown. 
you know. We, we don't know what's going on. We don't know what's happening, um, where the attack is coming from, but we give thanks. We keep praying. We keep giving thanks because there is victory in the name of Jesus. The power of God can permeate through the atmosphere and the surrounds around us, as we saw with Paul and Silas. So friends, just want to come to a close there. It's a short, short preach this morning. Thanksgiving is powerful. Uh, it's the next level of God's power, you know. It's the next level of God's power. Un- unlocking that supernatural power, you know. We give thanks for the day, our food, our bubble tea and all that stuff. But, but when we're in the unknown, we still give thanks. From Moses to David to Paul and Silas. And now it's over to you, friends. It's over to you. Let's start giving thanks. And, 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 and we have the ability to release the power of thanksgiving. There's a power in thanksgiving. And as, as we leave behind 2022, we're going to look forward to 2023, of course. You know, even when we look at our Christmas decorations, you know, or the nativity scene, we see angels, we see stars. It talks of a different world, you know. And we see a child who came from a different world here onto earth, right? And his name is Jesus. We know that. And even Jesus, while he was here, he gave thanks as well. When he broke uh, the loaves and fishes and fed the multitudes, he gave thanks. And it multiplied. There's power in that. Jesus gave thanks for the mysteries of the kingdom were not revealed to the learned, but revealed to his disciples. You know? He gave thanks before he raised Lazarus from the dead and he gave thanks publicly because he wanted the people to know that he and the Father are one. Power, power. Jesus gave thanks for the bread and cup which represented his body before his very own death. He gave thanks. He gave thanks. You know, as we look back now in 2022, we are thankful once again God has provided and kept us well. And after the holidays, we we hope for a greater 2023 for you personally, your families, this church, our community that we live in, you know. So friends, don't be anxious about anything. Don't be anxious about anything. In every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. Have confidence, be courageous, give thanks in Philippians 4.6. So let's go church. What we're going to do right now, we're going to end off this in-person service this year.